Thank you. Okay. Passover is next year is going to be in March the 15th to the 25th. Um, we're going to soon talk about the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. Um, and it was this year um, in September, September the 20th to the 29th. So we have the Passover and Jesus was there and uh, after these things in chapter 7 uh, he was walking in Galilee for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him um, that that was just the way it was and uh, they didn't they didn't like him and uh, they had their own laws that they were trying to to protect but um, they were seeking to kill him and as we've gone through the New Testament uh, the Jews were were um, Paul's nemesis from time to, from all the time so in verse 2 he says now the feast of the Jews the feast of booths or the feast of tabernacles was near so from Passover in the, in the spring of the year till the Feast of Booths in the fall of the year, there's five or six months there that the scholars think that Jesus was in Galilee, around the Sea of Galilee, uh, teaching, preaching, healing. Um, so six months he'd been there. Verse 3. Therefore his brothers. And let's stop right there and hold your finger in John and go back to your left and go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Uh, <clears throat> these are his stepbrothers, as, as we know. Mark chapter 6 verse 3 this is Mark's account he says is not this carpenter the son of Mary the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us and they took offense at him and then Jesus said a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own household now we know about James James uh, was the leader of the church after the resurrection and Judas or Jude wrote the little book of Jude as James wrote the book of James so now back to chapter 7 of, of John. Didn't be his half-brothers. Yeah. Ha yes. I'm sorry. Half-brothers. They weren't, they weren't full brothers is what I was trying to get out. Thank you, Art. Okay. Verse 3. Therefore his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, so that your disciples may also see your works which you're doing. 
For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourselves to the world. We don't know the motives that his brothers were, were saying here. You know, uh, you've done all these signs. And at this point, uh, according to what we see in, in all the Gospels, he had done about 20 signs. The last one that we saw was in last chapter was when Jesus was walking on the water. Uh, but so he had done 20 signs at this point. So <laughs> you would think that he had shown himself a little bit. But his brothers, uh, whether they wanted to ride his 15 minutes of fame or their 15 minutes of fame, we really don't know. But they were encouraging him, you know, go to the feast. Uh, present yourself uh, that, the world, that the world may know. And then John gives us in verse 5 a very, a very hard saying. For not even his brothers were believing in him. So we don't know the motive of his brothers, but they were encouraging him to go to the feast and let himself be known. And in verse 6, Jesus said, My time is not yet here and he says it several times now let's talk about his brothers a little bit uh, hold your finger here again and go to 1 Corinthians 15 that's uh, the chapter we talk about in the resurrection uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and then we're going to go to Acts uh, chapter 1 but first first Corinthians 15, let's look at verses uh, 3 through 8. You with me? 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom have remained until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared to me. Now, Acts chapter 1, go back to your left. Acts chapter 1. Look at verse 14. This is right after the, the resurrection and or his resurrection after he was raised and was ascended. The, they, these 120 people were in the upper room and verse 14 says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. So after the resurrection, um, they knew him. 
In fact, when we were in Acts a few months ago, um, we talked about the Jerusalem Council, and it was James, his brother, who said, look, let's don't put all this burden on, on, on the Gentiles, and he laid out a few things that, that they should do. So his brothers at this point didn't believe in him, and they were encouraging him to go on to Jerusalem to show himself. So let's look at verse 6 again, and we'll go on. So Jesus said to them, My time is not yet here, but your time is always opportune. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it, and its deeds are evil. Go up to the feast yourselves. I do not go up uh, to the feast because my time has not yet come. Jesus knew that that the that the Jews were after him, you know, and they could have have taken him in many many times, but. In the Lord's own providence of time, he, uh, he said, my time is not yet. Now, the next Passover we get to, um, it was his time, and he says that. His time is not yet come. Verse 9, having said these things to them, he stayed in Galilee. He stayed up there where he was comfortable he was away from the, the, the seat of government, so to speak. It would like to, like to be, he says, I'm going to stay in Lancaster. I'm not going to Washington, D.C., you know, a bunch of, anyway, you get the point. Uh, so he, he's, he's staying there in Galilee. Verse 10, but when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then him, he himself also went up. Not publicly, as if it in secret, but as if it in secret. So the Jews were seeking him at the feast and were saying, Where is he? There was much grumbling among the crowds concerning him. Some were saying, He's a good man. Others were saying, No, on the contrary, he leads people astray. Uh, so, so Jesus for whatever ever reason, the lady's coming, but he did go to the feast. Josephus says it's the it was the most popular feast of of um, the Jewish calendar. It's like our Thanksgiving. They the crops are in, um, the vats are full, everything's going well, and it was a happy time. And so he. Uh, he, he's, he's here. He went there. And there was some ritual we'll see in just a minute that all, always happened. Okay. Verse 14. But when we see that little uh, conjunction in, in Scripture, we know we're changing thoughts. But when it was the midst of the feast. Now the feast lasted about a week. So we don't know exactly when Jesus got there. He might have got there on the first day and kept his mouth shut and stayed out of uh, way. But John tells us in the midst, in the middle of the week, in the middle of the week, 
Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. Verse 15, the Jews were astonished, saying, How has this man become learned, having never been educated? Well, they put a lot of stock, and we do too today, you know. Uh, I'm amazed at the people that are on the news that a, a professor of something somewhere comes out with these outlandish things. But just because they got a degree, uh, they should know what they're talking about. All of you that have been to college know that some of them don't know a thing they're talking about. <laughs> it's just, it's just, just the way it is. Christian education sometimes is a, uh, you got to be careful when you go to a Christian college because they may or may not teach what you think is right. And that's, that's part of where we need to understand and, and you need to have a, a little understanding yourself. So they said, this not guy is not, has not gone to uh, rabbi school we, we don't know about him. Now, Paul, on the uh, 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 other hand, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was, he was from that school, and there were rabbis that had schools, but Jesus was not a member. He couldn't give them a sheepskin or credentials or where he had learned these things. And yet the, the, the Jews of the day says, where did this guy where did this guy get his education? Verse 15. How does this man come learn having never been educated? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Now, the rub between Jesus and the Jews not was not only his popularity that he knew that 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 he was more popular than the Sanhedrin or the, the priest of the day. But, but he, was, he was also teaching things that, that were common sense, you know, and made sense. Uh, you know yourself. You can listen to somebody uh, and come away. He knows what he's talking about, Right? And you can also listen to him and say, that fellow's full of humbug, you know? He just doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and we can discern this. Jesus said, I've got this from my father. Now, the big things that they accused him of is healing on the Sabbath, you know? That, that's the big, big thing at this point. And the other one was, I'm the son of God. And, and that ultimately is what took him to the cross. But at this point in, in his ministry, his healing, and, uh, and, and particularly doing it on Sunday, was one of the big things that he talked about. And we'll see that in just a minute here. So in verse 16, so Jesus answered, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. That's what we were just saying. 
He who speaks of himself seeks his own glory, but he who's seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Did not Moses give the law, and yet none of you carries out the law? Why do you seek to give, kill me? Now, Jesus, being God himself, was knew, he knew that they weren't keeping the law. And he called them out on it a time, time and time again, and he's fixing to do it again here. That, that Moses gave you the law, and yet you're hiding behind the law. You want to keep the law. And Jesus said, you don't. And you don't. They kept parts, but if it wasn't convenient, they would do something else. So let's look at what he says here. The crowd answered, You have a demon who seeks to kill you. Jesus answered to them, I did one deed and you marveled. For this reason, Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it was from Moses, but from the fathers. God himself told Abraham long before Moses to institute the thing of circumcision. So he says, you have circumcision from your fathers. And on the Sabbath, you circumcise a man. So what it was when the baby was born, eight days later, you circumcise him. If it fell on Sunday, or the Sabbath, as this case is, you circumcise him. And he says, that's done all the time. But look what he said here. If a man, verse 23, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, and so the law of Moses will not be broken, you'd be faithful to the eight days, you are angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath. We know this. He was sitting by the pool of Bethsaida. And he told the man, get up, pick up your pallet, and, and go home. And they got on to Jesus for healing him. They got on to the man for carrying his pallet. And it was on the Sabbath. And we talked about the Sabbath, some of the stupid things we do sometimes because we're keeping one rule or another verse 24 do not judge according to appearance but judge with righteous judgment we need <clears throat> we need to understand what we do uh, in that particular case now let's see in verse 25 we're changing a, a little bit here so some of the people in Jerusalem were saying, is this not the man who they're seeking to kill? Look, he's speaking publicly. They are saying nothing to him. Do the, really, do the rulers do not really know that this is the Christ? So as Jesus said when they finally did take him in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
He said, I've been teaching in the, in the, in the synagogue for days and weeks and months, as the case may be. And you didn't arrest me then, but you're coming out here now with clubs and, and things to arrest me. And he's there, and the people saw that he was there, and they knew the religious leaders were looking for him. And they says, well, are they going to do anything or not? And maybe, maybe that's, you know, that's okay with the religious leaders. Maybe they're looking for him. Um, did any of you look at the, the clip I sent about Nicodemus on the Chosen that was in the Veltas post? Nobody? Okay. <clears throat> Nobody looked at it? Okay. Do you read what we send you? <laughs> okay. I just, I mean. Bill, we've seen that on the chosen. Okay. Maybe that's a better question those that have seen it. All right. I started at the beginning last time. All right. Anyway, Nicodemus, you know, he asked him, he says, is this going to be a, are you bringing in the kingdom? What are you going to do with Rome? And that was the question. They were all looking for the Messiah to squash Rome. Rome was giving them a hard time in everything they did. They had a dual, dual democracy, so to speak, or dual government. They had Rome, and then they had the Jewish law. And what they did, and so they were working on on those assumptions. It said, the, "The rulers, do they really know who Christ is?" Verse twenty-seven. However, we know where this man is from, but wherever the Christ may come, no one knows where he's from. Verse twenty-eight. Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching, "You both know me." And know where I am from. I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. Jesus, time and time again, said, He says, if you knew me, you'd know the Father. But you don't know me. And he said, truth. You know, I have the truth. We've said it time and time and time again. This is truth. <laughs> truth used to be a thing that we could hang our head on. I'm... I'm kind of worried about our kids and grandkids because anybody can say, well, this is truth and this is not truth. Truth. This is truth. I know him because I'm from him and he sent me. Verse 30. And they were seeking to seize him and no man laid his hand on him because his hour 
had not yet come. God wanted to accomplish in his own time. Galatians tells us that in the fullness of time, he sent Jesus. Jesus came and he lived and he taught and he died at God's timetable. He said he could have, he could have given his life up, but he laid it down because it was his time. But at this point, he says, my hour has not yet come. Verse 31. But many of the crowd believed in him, and they were saying, when the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has. Will he? And we talked about we have 20 recorded signs at this point in Jesus' ministry where he, he did a lot of things. He cast the blind out. He healed the demonic, uh, healed the woman with the hemorrhage, healed Jairus' daughter, healed two blind men, fed 5,000, walked on the water. Signs. Miracles, And he says, is when the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has, will he? Verse 31. Verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. And the chief priest and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. Therefore, Jesus said, for a little while longer I'm with you than I go to him who sent me. You will seek me. You will not find me. And where I am, you can't go. He told his disciples that they would go to be with him. Just not yet. And those 12 men in these 2,000 years have turned the world upside down. They tell me that in the Library of Congress there's more written books about Jesus than any other single subject. Verse 35. The Jews then said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Well, that was a little arrogant on their part. It says, you know, we can find him. And yet, they hadn't done anything about it. He is not intended to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, is he? Well, we know that later happened, but it wasn't Jesus because Jesus said in the very first part of John that we went, he went to his own. He went to his own. Verse 36. What is this statement that he said, You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Um, 
scholar says that he's talking to them and he knows their heart they're not going to repent and follow him so they can't come yet we can verse 37 now on the last day of the great feast Jesus stood out and cried saying now what scholars have tell, told us um, that this ritual at the feast on the last day there was uh, people taking here it is <clears throat> during the, the feast of tabernacles the priest was in the teep in the temple teaching the Torah and while they were there uh, the priest sent water well let me read it from what Swindoll says one ritual observed at the feast of tabernacles involved a solemn procession which the priest carried a, go a goblet of water from the pool of Siloam uh, through the water gate into the inner temple court. As the congregation sang a hymn, the priest poured water on the altar commemorating that the Lord's provision of water in the wilderness. The Feast of Tabernacles thus <clears throat> built toward our climatic uh, convocation. During this time is when verse 37 comes to be. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus cried out and saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. So <clears throat> what he's saying is this editorial comment, as Swindoll says, uh, not unlike the uh, Samaritan woman uh, says that, you'll drink this living water. <clears throat> and John also says um, in verse 39, and he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believe in him were to receive. The Holy Spirit hadn't been given at this time, but it had when John wrote the book. And so he's saying, he says, uh, he spoke of the Spirit whom believed in him were to receive for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay. So Jesus, while they were doing this, Jesus made a contrast with pouring out of the water by the priest to signify what had happened in the wilderness. He says, if you really want to, uh, to know me, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Verse 40. Some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, <clears throat> Excuse me. We're s s saying, this certainly is a prophet. 
Others were saying, this is Christ. Still others were saying, surely Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the descendant of David and from Bethlehem, the villages where David was? So a division occurred between the crowd because of him. Well, what, what John is telling us here, that some of these people that they were writing didn't really know, know their, their history. Because had they known uh, Jesus did, was, did come from Galilee, and he did, um, he did live there. Swindoll points out, <clears throat> that the rebuke of his fellow Pharisees, including untruth statement. It says, no prophet has risen out of Galilee. And yet Jonah, Elijah, and Nahum all came from this particular re region. So there were prophets that came from Galilee. Verse 43, so a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid their hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, said, why did you not bring him? Go back to verse 32, and it says, the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. Verse 45, and the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, why did you not bring him? And the officer says, Never was a man spoke the way that this man speaks. The Pharisees answered them, Have you not also been led astray? <clears throat> no one ruler of the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? But the crowd which does not know the law, so he says, you know, we know the law. This bunch of people don't know the law. <laughs> you, you don't know anything, you know. Bring it up to modern day things. You parents don't know how to teach your children. But we do, you know. Verse 50. Nicodemus. He who came before, being one of them, said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless his first hears from him and know what he is doing. Nicodemus. Turn with me to the 19th chapter of John over a little bit. Verse 38 of chapter 19. <clears throat> After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, 
but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came bringing mixtures of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. They took the body of Jesus bound in linen, wrapped in with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no man had laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Nicodemus didn't follow Jesus <laughs> as the clip that you didn't look at said. But um, it, we come to find out here that he probably was a secret disciple as Joseph was. And he came to anoint his body. Here Jesus, Nicodemus, took up for him and he says, Our, our law says it. You can't, you can't uh, judge a man without knowing, knowing him or give him due, due recourse. And verse 52 says, You're not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. And that's what I was saying, that, that uh, there were prophets that were, came from Galilee. So, we'll stop there to, to, to today. We'll pick up chapter 8 next week and we'll go from there. Um, yes. He was born in Jerusalem.